you need to bring you need to bring rings. the heat. Six rings. Jordan's Jordan's thing would be like every time he won a, a championship, he wouldn't hold up. He'd hold up if it was the first championship, two fingers. The second one for the next one. The second time they won, he had three fingers. Third ring, third finger for the next one. He said the fifth time, he held up this. He was already on to the next one. He's like, I'm getting six. Mm. I'm getting six. That's why mm. when people ask mm. you if you're mm. going to sell drift, that's why you're like, no. Then what are mm. you talking about? What are we talking about? What are we talking about? We're okay. Six rings, bro. This is the. This is going to be the seminal podcast mm. of 2018. This is it right here. This is it. We're laying it so down. So you better bring the heat. You better shut that or look away. I, this is this is important because this is the this is something that that we need to get on paper. This is something I'm that we need. Reading the traits, bro. What now? When you're a cleaner, mm. you keep pushing yourself harder when everyone else has had enough. You get into the zone, you shut out everything else and control the uncontrollable. You know exactly who you are. You have a dark side that refuses to be taught to be mm. good. You're not intimidated by pressure. You thrive on it. Damn. When everyone is hitting in case an emergency button, they're all looking for you. You don't compete with anyone. You find your opponent's weakness and you attack. That's the Woo! realist. You rather be feared than liked. You don't have to love the work, nope. but you're addicted to the, the results. Process. Yeah. You trust very few people and those you trust better never let you down. That's the truth. You don't, recognize, <laughs> you don't recognize failure. You know there's more than one way to get what you want. You don't celebrate your achievements because you always want more. Mm. Oh, my God. Man. Let's go. Is this your bio? This, this <laughs> is my bio pick right here. More, more, right. more. Love it. This is good. Got you ready. Let's go. Got my got mind you ready. Got my mind we got right. you ready. We are, uh, we're publishing this next week, heading into the new year. Mm -hmm. And this is called, this is going to be your, your talk track for this year. This is going to be a, a fundamental piece for us. It uh -oh. is uh, the shift from supply to demand mm. and what it means. They don't want it. They don't want what it. What it means. Okay. So I got a million, I have a million notes. This is something we've talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. Internally. Um, yeah, we talked about this a lot internally, which is, you know, there, there's a whole thing. I'm going to let you, I'll, I'll, I'll poke holes in it when we got to talk about it. But this is an idea you've been obsessed with for a while, almost since the beginning of Drift, which is like that customers today have all the power. And I think you've talked about it enough where you kind of crystallize it into this thing, which, which you call the shift from supply to demand. Yes. That's what we're going to talk about mm -hmm. um, today. And so this, I'll, I'll tee you up with this analogy, wh which you talked to us, we had an offsite and you wrote this whole thing up on the, on the whiteboard. And it all starts with this, which is like, if you look at the world today, um, uh, hotels don't own the hotels own the supply, but Airbnb own, owns the demand, right? Mm -hmm. Cabs own the supply, but Uber and Lyft own the demand, and that's all because of the internet. Everything is twenty four seven, real time, global. But imagine if you went to Amazon at at five thirty p.m. today, and you you logged on the website and it said, "Ah, oh, sorry, it's five p.m. It's after five p.m. We're shut down." Can't imagine. All right. So that is the tee up for the the shift from supply to demand. Yeah. So earlier this year, twenty seventeen. In 2017, early 2017, we were talking about one thing a lot, which was this idea that the companies who are closest to the customer are the companies that are going to win, right? And we kind of felt that kind of emotionally. We thought like, and we had examples. We were looking at who was closest to, to the customer, Airbnb or Marriott, you know, Uber and Lyft or taxi companies. Netflix uh, or Blockbuster, Blockbuster, right? right? We, and we had all these examples that we would go down the line. And, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, Walmart or Amazon, who was closest? And there was this proximity to the customer that we believed was all the difference. And we were seeing 
all of all of these companies that own that proximity being able to innovate, create new products, stay ahead of the competition because of that proximity, and because of that, we thought they were valued more, right? The market valued them more. And as we as time has gone on and as we have unpacked that, what we understand now is that there's a beyond this proximity to the customer, there's this massive shift that is underlying all of that, which is it's not just the closeness to the customer, and that is super important, but it is the shift from companies who own the supply, right? And we'll get we'll double click on that, having all the value in the world to those that own the demand having all the value in the world, right? And this is good news for all of us as buyers and consumers because it means in a world where demand is the most valuable thing, we get to dictate to companies how we want to be served, what products we want, and what we value. Mm. So let's double click on an example. Okay. So in the old world, you had a company, uh, and you all know that one of my favorite books was written, it was called Made in America, Sam Walton, mm -hmm. right? He created Walmart. Whatever you think about Walmart, it was an amazing company that he created to become the richest man in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Walmart, if you unpack Walmart, what they did that was so amazing that, that Will Collins here, who runs our business operations, ops, and everything else, loves was that they, they created this incredible process internally where they controlled not only the data that they were collecting from the stores, but the operations and the fulfillment centers and the buying and the purchasing and all of this stuff. And so it was a company that controlled the whole cycle of how to buy products, how to get them in the store, how to ship them to, from the warehouses to the store. And because of that, because they had that proprietary knowledge, they could control the demand in all of their markets, uh, meaning all of us would run to Walmart to get what we needed mm -hmm. because they were in control. We had no choice. We had no choice, right? They had all the power, and that power was buried within the company. Another That's very different than today, if you were to double-click on what is Amazon today. Amazon today, uh, I forgot what the percentage is, but a large percentage of the goods that you buy on Amazon today were not are not sold by Amazon. They're sold by third parties, and they are fulfilled by Amazon. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they don't even hold they don't even hold the inventory from a cost standpoint. They're basically a demand generation kind of capture mechanism. Right. So they have all of our relationships. Mm -hmm. We buy from Amazon and then it gets fulfilled through them. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it's over uh, over 40 percent of their business is not is not their own stuff. No, not their own stuff. And it continues to trend in that way. And so that's one example. The other example that we double click into a lot is um, the example of razor blades. So imagine a world, the most commoditized world, which is uh, creating products that are called consumer packaged good products. They're the products that we buy in the supermarket, largely, aside from food. And uh, something like a company like Gillette, Boston-based company, had for most of our lifetimes owned all of the demand in um, in razors. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they own the design of the razors, they own the fulfillment centers, they own the relationship with Costco, CVS, everywhere you could buy it. If you wanted to buy a razor, you had to buy it from Gillette, right? Or you had to buy some knockoff junky version. So everyone bought from Gillette. But what happened a few years ago, a company like Dollar Shave Club emerges out of nowhere. And they're able to transform from zero to a multi-billion dollar company ultimately purchased. Uh, they didn't own the fulfillment center. 
They didn't own the relationships with CVS and what have you. They sold via subscription uh, directly to the consumer. And why could they do that? They could do that because for the first time ever, they could build on top of platforms like Google, like Facebook, like Instagram, like others who were capturing demand and they were able to address that demand and build a multi-billion dollar company. So here's my question for you. That is complex it's as complex. hell. The, yeah. the razor blades. Yes. Selling software online, mm-hmm. not that complex. Not that complex. Right? But we're sitting here on the verge of 2018. Yep. We've had a bunch of businesses like because of what we're doing here, right? Mm-hmm. They, they have been they have taken the leap and want to transform how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. The fun the big problem though is most most businesses still operate in that world with a Walmart world where they think they have all of the supply. Yeah. And it's a crazy idea. So fundamentally what we're doing at Drift is we're trying to transform the way that businesses buy from other businesses. And the businesses buy through people, so it's how people buy from businesses. Yep. We're trying to transform that whole thing and create a whole new buying experience and make it frictionless. And uh, the, you're right, the truth is that companies today still think that they get to dictate how someone is mm. going to buy their service or I w- software. I was on a sales call about an hour ago. Yep. And uh, Why are you doing that, man? You're in marketing. Because. The only way. It's the only way way. you get better. All right. Uh, So I'm on a sales call, and uh, I obviously had to ask how this guy heard about us Mm -hmm. because I don't know how you track that. No, attribution attribution. modeling. Uh, And he said, said, I was thinking about going with one of your competitors, Mm -hmm. and I just did a Google search to see what else was out there, and I found some stuff of yours, and I liked it, and so that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is everything. That is everything. We've all been there, right? You're trying to order. It's like it's like you're trying to go to uh, you and I. It happens all the time. Trying to go find a, a spot for lunch. The line is long. What do you do? You pull out your phone. You go to the next place. Yep. And boom, you go eat there, and you're just as happy. Totally. Right. Because the, now your demand. It's no longer a hundred years ago where nope. you had one restaurant in your town. You have infinite supply, and so that is what's underlying this shift. We've moved from. Uh, fixed supply in this supplier-dominated world where they get to control the supply, therefore they can dictate the demand, to a world where the supply of everything is infinite and therefore the buyer has all the power. So tell me about what does this world look like? The world of infinite supply, Mm -hmm. how do you compete? How do you compete if you're a business in a world with infinite supply? Yeah, in a world with infinite supply, you you have to stand out by being the person who serves your niche of customer the best, Mm. right? And that has to come through, we believe, a combination of things. It's never gonna be one thing. It's not just gonna be, I have the best razor blade in the world, because someone else, guess what? Someone in China already knocked off that razor blade before you sold it. My favorite favorite quote, well, I have a lot, but it's from Mark Benioff, yeah. CEO of Salesforce, mm-hmm. Respect. Respect. Uh, we'll said anybody, I'm coming for you, anybody, <laughs> anybody can copy and paste any of your features, yeah. but the one thing that they can't copy and paste is your brand. Exactly. So we say it's product, it's brand, and it's service. And it's the trifecta of those things that is going to let you compete. Why? Because in a world of infinite supply, having the best product is not enough. Right. Why in a, in a, in a world of infinite supply, Having developing a brand by itself is not enough, and having great service is not enough. It is the trifecta of those three things that we believe will help companies stand out. And so the premium, like 
it's really this bigger category of like customer experience, right? Yep. It, that's why that's why we love the Apple Store. That's why we use mm-hmm. the Apple Store as an example of an amazing customer experience. Yep. But then when you tell that story, people say, "Yeah, well, DC, of course, Apple has the best yeah. customer experience. They're the they most valuable money. brand in the yeah. world." And you and I say you're missing the entire point. The fact that the company that has the biggest, the, one of the best brands in the world. One of the best products in the world, which of which many of us are willing to wait in line overnight to get because they want it so bad. Right. Uh, in that world, they are still providing this amazing service that we're talking about right now. Right. Means that you, who do not have the greatest brand Mm-mm. and do not have people lining up to get your insanely unique product, definitely not have to do a better job than they do in terms of service. You better be standing out in service. If, uh, and doing a better job than they do in their store if you don't have those two things that they have. What do you think that means? What, what does that mean from a technology perspective, right? Mm-hmm. You can talk a little bit about what, what we're building at Drift, what we, what yep. we see the future. Like, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you think the future is? It's because it, when you talk about experience, it's not just, it's not just the, you know, the, the colors and, no. the, and the feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, you're talking about the actual technology side of this, this now, too. Oh, absolutely. So then that's how we think about it at Drift. So in a world where we think the world is moving towards infinite supply, mm. in a world where we think... The buyer, meaning all of us, have all the power, decision-making process. In that world, you have to reimagine everything, not only the product and service that you're selling to them, but how you're selling that. How are you marketing to them? In that world, the power dynamic shifts, so you have to think about how how do I build, how do I find a marketing system? How do I find a sales system that lets me provide the best customer experience possible and lets me operate in a way that our customers are demanding, right? And that's what we're trying to build at Drift. That's the technology. That's very different than the technology that has worked really well and that most companies are still using pretty well um, or very well to this day that is built around solving a company problem and puts the company ahead of the customer. Right, like somebody somebody comes to your website, they want a demo. I know I want a demo. They know they want a demo, right? Mm-hmm. Old way they would be it. like, okay, even though you know you want it, I'm going to need to ask you these 15 questions exactly. first, right? You can't get it. New world is like, get... oh, you want a demo? Sure, here. Go right get here it for you. On demand. Exactly. Here you go. On your demand, on your terms, when it's convenient to you, not according to my schedule, the company, but your schedule, the buyer, right? So we think this massive shift is happening. And so we're racing to kind of empower the next generation of companies and get them ready for this massive shift, which is undeniable. We feel it every day. We all see it. When I talk to anybody out there about the shift in the way that people want to buy, there's no doubt. There's no question mark. But DC, I sell sell to businesses. Mm -hmm. It's it's a really long sales cycle. It's really high contract value. I don't know if this applies. You're right. It is a really long sales cycle because you've made it artificially long using your process. It doesn't have to be long because most of your buyers today are coming in in a world of infinite supply. You are not the most companies are not the only one in their category, no matter what they say to themselves, that are selling that service or product to that customer. And so in that world, we're making it artificially long. We need to change that into more of a real time buying process. People can buy everything from cars to phones to helicopters online right now on their phone. Uh, There's no reason that they can't buy your software or service. 
So that's what we call the shift from supply to demand. It's a massive shift that's happening, and um, we all feel it every day. Yeah. And I think the number one thing we all need to do in 2018 and 2019 is to prepare our businesses for this tidal wave that's coming. Right? We feel it. We all, if you ask anyone you know, inside, outside your company about how they prefer to buy something, it is undeniable that this shift has happened. But we have not woken up as companies yet to be able to change our companies to prepare ourselves for the cha- for the shift. I love it. Let's get it. All right. Look, 2018. That's it's it. It's coming. You know what we need? We need six-star reviews Man. in 2018. The audio now is so crispy that Yeah, yeah, we, we have a new editor. Yeah. Dave didn't know how to do audio. Nope, sorry. Yeah. 104 episodes of, of not good audio. Yeah, we but now we it. have Imagine someone. how many reviews we should get now. Oh, okay. So leave a six-star review on how much better the sound quality is on the podcast. Uh, we're investing yeah. there. We're going to be doing a lot more investments this year in the podcast, bringing events, bringing roadshow, bringing new people, new topics. Yeah. Get ready. It's coming. 2018. It's going to be live. We have some crazy stuff. We have some crazy stuff planned. If you know anything about DC, you know he's always pushing us here to try new things, yeah. crack the new channels, and I'm, I'm excited that you're going you're gonna to see some of the stuff that we got cooking for yeah. you. Yeah, you know my only regret What's in 2017 regret? was I looked back and I said, man, we've been doing 2x thinking. 2018 is 10x thinking. We're going 10x next year. So that's your call to action, right? If you want 2x thinking, yeah. you can double your business. Keep like, going. fine, keep going. That's good. Keep making You'll it be do a traditional way. If you want to 10x your business, think about this shift from supply mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. demand. You are not going to 10x your business doing what you do today. You're going to have to look for high beta investments. And uh, you can look that up, Wikipedia. Dave will look it up after. Yeah, and, then, and then invest in those. That's the only way you're going to get disproportionate returns. 10x thinking. See you in 2018. It's been real. Leave me some six-star reviews. Peace. Peace. Peace.